Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy podcast, your insider's guide to franchises in the Heartland area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. We are your one-stop shop for education, resources, and advocacy when it comes to the local franchising field and for local entrepreneurs looking to learn more about the franchising field. Today, our guest is somebody who's an experienced podcaster, so if anything goes wrong today, it's not my fault. <laughs> we have with us today a local vetrepreneur, and Jay Morales will tell us a little bit about what that is. Jay, thanks so much for joining us today. I appreciate you having me on here, Blake. It's, it's an honor. I mean that. Well, we, we appreciate having you here. Today is a day of firsts for us at the Heartland Franchise Guy. Uh, we say, hey, if you're in entrepreneurship, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's what we're doing today. It's our first video-based episode, not just audio. And my first day wearing my glasses all day. So this could go sideways really fast. <laughs> Jay's great. here to save us. So Jay Morales, amongst other things, this is my opportunity to, to make you blush a little bit, but a veteran who became an entrepreneur many times over, a podcaster, an author, a real estate investor and professional, and the founder and the primary topic of our discussion today, the founder of a brand new foundation, nonprofit foundation called the 50 Mile March Foundation. Congratulations Thank you. on all of those achievements. I think I'm going to have you introduce me from now on every time I have an event. <laughs> How about that? That's a great This intro. is the only time I'm doing it for free. <laughs> after, this, after this, there's a fee for it. Oh, that's awesome. Or a royalty, right? We're talking about franchises. So, Jay, thank you very much for joining us. Can you tell me a little bit about, or define for our audience, what exactly do we mean when we say vetrepreneur? So, I, I think, you know, a lot of people see the veterans as um, a, a segment of society that there are instilled values and they work a certain way. They're regimented. They've been through higher pressure than most people on average. They're very intuitive when it comes to problem solving, right? That's all they do all day. They just solve problems. And they're very good at structure and order, you know, for the most part, right? This, again, mm -hmm. generally speaking, what happens is veterans get out of the military and they're all of a sudden put into an unstructured society, yeah. Sometimes they're looking for a system. Sometimes they're looking for a job. Sometimes they're looking for entrepreneurship. What I think a vetrepreneur is someone who is very good at taking their prior military experience, packaging it up right, and just taking a risk, right? Because entrepreneurs mm -hmm. are taking a risk. They're risk takers. They're not comfortable by nature. So to me, a vetrepreneur is someone who takes their past experience, calculates the risk, and goes it their own way or through a system that will produce more results than average. And that's what I think a vetrepreneur is. That is a great way to define it. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Spoken like somebody who's been through it, right? Yes, absolutely. absolutely. What, what was your transition like? And feel free to describe it through this lens. Advice you would give to something, somebody who's transitioning, who is going to be retiring from the military, and trying to decide, hey, do I want to go into entrepreneurship? I think that's a great question. And I do get the question on what should I do next mm -hmm. a lot. And I will tell you that I suffered from PTS and I okay. suffered from homelessness. So both things that we'll talk about later when it comes to the foundation. But sometimes people in the military are hard 
pressed to ask questions or to ask for help. Does that make sense? Yes. They're so independent thinking they were in a system where some things were thought for them, but now they get into society and they want to start something. They want to start a lawn mowing business. They want to open a factory. They want to open something, but they won't ask for help. And that's very dangerous. I think the best thing you can do as a veteran is to think about a system that you can approach that's well-established. You don't have to go it alone. And I think that's why contacting people with a franchise system like yourself, and I'm not just doing a shameless plug, Mm -hmm. they don't teach us to be entrepreneurs in the military. I want that to make that very clear. No one ever says, use your voice so that we can improve things. (laughs) And I I want, see the two stripes on your arm? (laughs) I want everything. And listen, and there's a regiment for that, right? There's a reason. But I think as my advice would be, before you transition, find out what you're passionate about. Talk with somebody who's really intuitive about giving advice on, hmm, you know what, Jay, you're very cerebral. You're very this. This franchise would set up with you. Why entrepreneurs succeed in franchises is because they're looking for another system because they just left one. Yeah. And winging it is not in our, is not in our vocabulary. So my transition was hard. I took a job because I was scared. But I always had this thing in, inside my head that I would have a side hustle. Something that I always wanted to do was have something of my own, but I was afraid. And I thought to myself, I never did it before. I don't think I can do it. And those thoughts go through your head all the time. So it's hard. Sounds like it. I, I appreciate you sharing that. There's probably a lot of folks who can connect to that, who just aren't at a place where they're willing to vocalize it. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It, it takes guts to admit that you need help. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Think, think of the last time you got stuck on something. Did you really want to ask for help? Right. But you're very well-equipped to take care of whatever you need to, but sometimes we need to reach outside yeah. of ourselves. So that's my main bit of advice is ask all the questions, even if you think they're stupid. The stupid ones lead to smart things. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, since you brought it up, I do want to mention, I've had the privilege for about five years now of being part of the group that presents to folks transitioning out of the military at um, TAPS, at, yes, Transition the Assistance, assistance Program, program oh my gosh. the Boots God to Business you. Program. That's awesome. And one thing I do know about that program is you can always go back to it, right? So if you're a veteran, been honorably discharged, you can go back to military installations. And right now, a lot of them, they're happening virtually, of course, like everything else in the world. And if you're thinking maybe now or maybe later, I do want to get into my own thing. I want to do my own side hustle. If you're thinking something like what Jay was, you can go back. Um, even if you've already retired and left, and go through some of these classes. We, they have me come in to talk about franchising, of course, but they go through the whole continuum of options. And it is eye-opening for people. And what we're able to do is give them um, access to free resources out there. One of them that I wanted to make sure to mention on this episode was vetfran.org. You said something that most people don't think of, and, and the reason 13% of franchises in the United States are owned, as in franchise locations all around the country, 13% of them are owned by veterans. That's awesome. I had no idea. That's a big chunk. It is. I mean, well, and you think about 2%, one and a half to 2% of the population is veterans. It's, you know, that is um, an unbelievable uh, percentage of the business zone. And it's because of what you talked about, the structure. Well, the franchising industry recognized that a long time ago and put together voluntarily this vetfran.org 
program where they participate, they provide discounts to veterans and additional assistance to those transitioning and thinking about small business ownership. So if you take nothing else away from this and you're a veteran thinking about, do I ever want to do my own thing, go to vetfran.org and it's a great spot to get some education in a confidential way. So I would challenge my friends to do one, one better. Just get in touch with Blake Martin. I, <laughs> and, and I'll say this because I never thought I, I told you I had a bland, blind eye to franchises, right? I yeah. just, I could do this on my own. Do you know how many thousands of dollars and how many hours that I've wasted that I will never get back? Because I had to figure, what, how, what was I going to do for payroll uh, marketing? I don't even know mm-hmm. where to start. But if somebody gave me a set of rules and a set of directives, in my mindset of operatives, guess what? I'd, I'd have probably succeeded a lot faster. And the fact that vetfriend.org uh, is a resource. I didn't even know that. So that I will share as well because yeah. you witnessed at our event, how many veteran entrepreneurs there are just yes. in that group alone. Yeah. We love to control things, mm-hmm. but, and you're not afraid to take charge and be right, a leader. Right. But the problem is, is are we doing the right thing? Yeah. Does it take us seven times longer because we're stubborn? If we'd have just followed a set of directions, <laughs> there's some merit in that. There's a lot of merit in yeah. that. So, and again, I will say this because you hear me say this a lot, uh, for any veterans that are thinking about entrepreneurship, it doesn't mean that franchising is the right way to go or the only way to go. Just educate yourself on all of the options, right? I would say, keep your mind open. And again, you have to know if you're system oriented, right? And you just have to know what the value is, is if you want to waste the time and the money and the research, you might be a natural talent, which is a very small portion of our society, right? But if you want the quickest from A to Z following a set of directives is probably very efficient for most people. Yep. Yep. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. Let's transition from the discussion of your transition into something that you referenced there uh, and get us on one of the primary topics we wanted to talk about today though. And that is giving back. You obviously, all you got to do is go to Jay Morales's um, LinkedIn page and you can see that he is motivated to and has dedicated himself to giving back to the community. And clearly, you have put a lot of time and energy into giving back, probably did it before you're even an entrepreneur. But can you talk a little bit about, in your position as somebody who is a business owner and is looked upon as a leader in the community, whether you like it or not, you are, Jay. Appreciate that. How do you feel about the, the obligation or the opportunity to give back to the community? And part B of that question, don't worry, I'll remind you, part B of that question is how have you chosen to do so? I appreciate that. So you hear the word giving back a lot, right? Mm -hmm. And to many people, it means different things. But I think there's three stages of giving back. One is you have to, you have to give back. I've got to help these people. I've got to help because someone said I had to. That's one stage. Two is you're able to. Okay, you know what? I'm in a position I'm able to. Which is, which is a better position than the first. Third is where I think I'm starting to fall into is where I get to give back. It's a privilege to give back. So I want to say that one more time. Either you have to, mm-hmm. you know, then, then you, you, you could, but you get to, right? The get to is, is where I think most people want to be. It doesn't mean you need to stroke a check for $50,000. It might be your talent, and your time, 
But if you're so successful that you're able to share your gift with others, then yes, you get to bless other people with that. You get to spend the time. You get to rally the troops. You get to volunteer for 21 hours straight, right? It's a position. It's a great position to be in. And you don't need to make a certain dollar figure Mm -hmm. to be able to get to. You got to have your life in order to get to. And someone sitting on the couch right now saying, I'm, I'm only making 50,000 a year. How, how do I do those things? You have to find deep within and say, is my life in order enough to get to give back? It's a question everyone should ask themselves. But the more you give, oh my gosh, exponentially it comes back. Maybe not to you directly, but it comes back in the form of things you can see in the community, people that you've helped, notes, uh, and a text, thank you so much for helping me. And, and there is an addiction for that. I'm not, I'm not going to lie, right? An adrenaline rush? Absolutely. And you just, I thrive on making other people see what they have within themselves. And the key is you can't expect anything back from that. You cannot expect anything back from that. So that's, that's about giving back. And then your part B I do remember that is uh, <laughs> how do I are a pro? Yeah. How do I give back? So I've been involved with many fundraisers in the past. I've raised money for things that I really didn't have a heart in. You know, my, my, my passion was not there, but I wanted to, I got to help because Daryl's helping and Shelly's helping. I, I guess they're my friends. I'll help. Yeah. That wasn't in the position that I wanted to be in. The get to help is I am a veteran, Right. I never really said that for the first 10 years that I got out. Really? I, yeah. I, I didn't really care. Nobody cared. There was a parade for us, you know, coming back from Saudi Arabia. I mean, I, I didn't even participate. I didn't care much because I didn't know the value. I didn't really know what system I had yet. And that's most veterans. They don't realize the 1% of population doesn't even realize how special they are. I'm not saying they're special and they, you should treat them as king or royalty. Okay. I'm saying... They need to realize themselves that they have a gift of sacrifice, a gift of taking risks and and all those things. But I chose to immerse myself in helping homeless veterans and veterans with PTS. And I want to share why I don't use the letter D. Okay. Okay. Post-traumatic stress in itself is a disorder. We don't need to say it twice. You don't need to label somebody post-traumatic stress. That's enough. Well, Jay, what, what, what was it for you? Well, I can tell you what my symptoms are. It's um, a, a little bit of uncontrolled anger, you know, sometimes. And it is um, obsession with uh, things that I can't fix. And it's insomnia. Those are the three things that I suffer from. There are many. But isn't that enough just to say Jay's got post-traumatic stress? So the reason why I chose the organizations, you know, that I've helped and the reason why we stood up the 50 Mile March Foundation is I want to concentrate on this. Hey, Jay, can you help us do this? Hey, Jay, can you do this? I appreciate you, you know, for asking, but I'm really immersed in this organization right now. Mm-hmm. This is who I want to help, and that's okay. People will applaud you for your focus. But where I was before, I was helping this person, helping that person, diluting my time, $100 here, two hours there. Um, I still have other favorite organizations that I will always support, but this is my mission and I will do it by myself if I had to. The good news is I don't because other people have the same passion. And for me, it's a natural alignment. And if you ask me to walk 50 miles and 21 hours straight to do it all over again, you know what the answer is. You know yeah. what the answer is. 
and I can never be too tired for that cause. So, tell us more about that. Obviously, you described it as you were <laughs> wrapping that up there, but tell us formally about the Fifty Mile March Foundation that okay. you just founded. So quickly, three years ago, um, I used to talk for about ten years to say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna." <laughs> so I told all my friends, "Hey, I'm gonna." do this walk from Lincoln to Omaha. I didn't even know how, many, how far it was. And I kept saying it year after year, things came up and my friend who was battle wounded said, you sure do talk a lot of mess to be an able-bodied vet, right? He's battle wounded. He said, why don't you just walk? Just shut your mouth. If you do it by yourself, who cares if nobody shows up? Don't do it for the glory. And I was like, wow. You're a real jerk. I said that to him, right? <laughs> but guess what? I did it. So I, I scheduled it in March two years ago. And guess what happened? COVID. So yeah. I made an excuse. Oh, I'm not going to do it because people, I don't want them to get sick. How are people going to get sick, Jay, from walking to Lincoln, Omaha, if it's just you? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I finally scheduled it. And he said, you know what, Jay, you need to do it before anyone just, just does it. So in September, I declared I'm going to do it. Nobody was walking yet. Last two weeks up to it, I, 20 people said they would. Six people showed up. Six people showed up. We raised $25,000. Great. What a, what, a, what, what a great effort, right? I was trying to raise 2500 2500 Yeah. So it turned into this big thing. Last, you're, you're walking with us last time. Yeah. And, man, Blake, I will tell you, you're one of these people, and, and I want your people who listen to this program to know about you. When Blake Martin says he's going to do something, he's a follow-through. Um, I remember you attending one meeting, and I was concerned, right, because you didn't know what you're getting yourself into. This is a 50-mile march. This is 117,000 steps on average. Oh, jeez, I never knew that. Think <laughs> about that, right? That's a, that's a 6,000 to 8,000 calorie burn. Nobody does that. 21 hours straight. Blake Martin says what he's going to do. So last year we did it and we raised 125-ish thousand dollars. I say ish because the money's still coming in, right? And I have not found any other fundraiser. 100% went to the charities. There's no administrative overhead. So we figured we have something here and we created a foundation. Mm -hmm. So now the foundation will be formalized so that all the pass-throughs will be. We'll have declaration. We can show the world what we're doing with the money. Um, there'll be a accountant uh, or a, uh, what do you call those things? A balance sheet online. Yeah. And we're looking for an executive director right now to, oh. be, to be underwritten by uh, a company that I'm working with right now. So next year's goal, 200,050 walkers, um, Lincoln to Omaha, and we're doing and, it. And the charities that are benefiting from this, from every penny raised, are the same charities? So far, yes. The same two is um, Guitars for Vets mm -hmm. and Moving Veterans Forward. Again, Moving Veterans Forward. They help people who are homeless or trying to get back on their feet, which one was me. And Guitars for Vets is a program where they use music as therapy to get someone who's recluse or someone who is uh, socially um, uh, distanced from people, you know, because they don't want to be around them and, and to get them out of their own head. I mean, that long curriculum once you go from never playing a guitar to actually playing the guitar uh -huh. some wonderful things happen so those are the two we have others in mind but we our our operation says we will only work with those that we can make an impact it's, it can't be big administration it can't be where every dollar you donate 80 cents of it goes to staff we're not we're yeah. not doing that we're doing it locally right here and we're vetting 
uh, the program with our uh, seven board directors. Thank you for explaining that and giving a little bit detail Thanks. about it. <laughs> Impressive that you've been able to take your own challenge, your own challenges, your own experiences, and turn it into a learning opportunity for other people. That's phenomenal. Still working on them, too. And we're working together on yes. the fundraiser for 2022, which is our opportunity to do the shameless plug to show people how they can be a part of this if they so choose. Not only to be a marcher, but to be a donor, to help out these charities that are part of the 50 Mile March Foundation, which now is a charity itself. The beneficiary of the celebration event is the hot is, excuse me, it's at the Hot Shops. <laughs> yes. It is the 50 Mile March Foundation. Awesome. See, I'm not perfect. Uh, you can get all the information about that and learn how to be a part of helping at-risk vets through this program that's going to be raising funds year-round. I do want to thank you for giving me the privilege of being part of this organization, part of the Charitable Drive. And uh, it is, it's a great feeling when you get to help out. I thought you said that very well. My nugget from this session is have to, able to, and get to. And you get to help, not just with money. Right. Because that's not what they need all yeah. the time. It's your volunteer time. It's your leadership, Blake, that seven to ten people will see your example. And maybe they want, they want to be interested next year. Or they want to help next year. It's you jumping in last minute saying this is important to me. So I, I just want to say how critical this is. We will be able to share the story and you'll be able to meet the people that, you know, you're helping because we'll, we'll have some great, you know, stories there. And because of your year and celebration, you choosing um, us or this foundation or these organizations, we can only be so incredibly grateful for that. Absolutely. Can't think of a better beneficiary. So if you're interested in more information about this opportunity, you can go to eventbrite.com to RSVP to the event and get information on how to be involved, how to donate. So if you go to eventbrite.com and just search FranNet year-end celebration, not rear-end, FranNet year-end <laughs> celebration, get all the information you need, or use the QR code that we're putting on the screen. Jay Morales, thank you so much for joining us today, inspiring us in a way that I wasn't expecting, but I appreciate your constant transparency and all that you're doing for our community. Thank you for being with us. You made an impact today, and you know you only make me want to work harder when I walk out the studio today, bro. So thank you very much. I mean that. You're welcome. And that is going to wrap up this episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. Thank you again to Jay, and thank you to all of you for joining us. We hope to see you soon on the next episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy. A Huda Media Production.